the latest with the river, with water here in Whatcom County, the Nooksack River Basin. We've talked so much about this over the past couple of years, and then particularly since the flooding disaster in November. What are we going to do? I've been very vocal here on the program and elsewhere about the absolute urgent need to get to work on real practical solutions to some of the big picture problems that we have, not with just too much water sometimes, but with not enough water at other times in the system here uh, locally. It's a big deal for farming, but it's a big deal for the rest of the community obviously as well. I mean, who doesn't rely on water in one uh, way, shape, or form? Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show. Welcome back uh, to a Saturday morning here on KGMI. Joining me in in studio this morning, Fred Lickle, Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers, where I work. And this is our topic of our conversation, our work, our career, every day, all day. Um, Fred, how many meetings did you have this week? Big, you know, pretty high-level meetings about these kinds of issues? Uh, I think I'm sitting at 12 right now, Dylan. Wow. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little yeah, <laughs> time-consuming and intense. Yes. Uh, so I, I think... You know, I've been wanting for the past few weeks to do kind of an update. Where do things stand? A lot of this stuff since November has begun to fade from the headlines. Certainly there were the headlines at the time of the disaster. There were the headlines before that with drought. You know, in the summer we were talking a lot about that. And and then the fish kill that happened late summer. Um and then, of course, the flood. And then, you know, just after Christmas time, the legislative session, we were talking about things need to get rolling, things need to happen. That's still our position. Absolutely. But I wouldn't blame folks out there if they're saying, hey, what happened to all that? Like, let's get going. So where do you start with all of the, you know, we, again, talk about this every day. And I forget sometimes some of the things that I've gotten to learn over the last couple of months so have I that that <laughs> well but that nobody else necessarily knows unless I I share it with them so what how, where would you start on that by the way we, we just released a, a new white paper kind of some more detail on our vision uh, at Whatcom Family Farmers and in the farming community and, and shared by others beyond that community about some of the options we need to be pursuing at least looking at and getting to work on as quickly as possible to address some of these major local water issues Fred, what would you say the latest is, though? I mean, where do you even start to tackle Do you you want me to start with the latest or the earliest? How would you start? And I would also point out we have a video out there that I think that really summarizes it very effectively as well that's connected to that, uh, our our website as well as on Facebook, if I remember right. WhatcomFamilyFarmers.org is the place to find that. It's the front page story up there. Nooksack River Water Management Solutions must address the twin problems. What are the twin problems? And I think people who've followed along with what we've talked about may have an idea of what we're saying the the twin problems are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important to note, folks, that the that there is twin problems out there and it's easy to focus on the flooding or it's easy to focus on the other, depending on what side of the political spectrum you are or where you might live. But the, the reality is we, we have twin problems. And of course, everybody that, especially in farming land knows about the flooding issues that occurred, but it was only about two months before that flooding occurred that we had another major event. And that was that we had a, a significant number of salmon. I believe it was 2,500 salmon that died in the South Fork simply because of low flows. 
2,500 is yes. a big number yes. when you look at how bad some of those returns in recent years have been yes, it, for and those it, key important runs. Right, and, it, and I think it, that was, it was heartbreaking for some of those folks who are engaged in that. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing these salmon dying, and, you know, they're out there trying to pitch them from one pool to the other, and it was, it, was, it was a really difficult thing. And it really highlights what we've talked about in the past here before as well, that there are issues with low flows in the summer, in those, oftentimes in those late summer months. Not enough water in the right. river. And, and, of course, we've talked about adjudication and how that could negatively impact things, you know, for our farmers. And so when you look at the fact that there's too little flow in the Pacific Northwest when we're in the 90th percentile of rainfall, and then it comes crystal clear no more than two months later that we have way, 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 way too much water, clearly we don't have a water scarcity issue. We have a water management issue. And so when we talk about the twin problems, it's if we have enough of those of, of water to go around, it isn't about scarcity or too much or dealing with flooding. It's about how do we need to manage these things. And that's really what the what the white paper and that video is is starts the conversation on that. Um, and that, of course, then leads to what's been happening politically, which is always the, the, what makes things yeah. even more interesting. Right, so, for sure. Right. Who's going to support what? Who stands where? What? What? What's the collateral damage one way or the other? Who has the political capital will? Who has the money? <laughs> There's so many big questions about making something like this happen, yet I think there's a huge part of our community that's unified around the idea of we got to do something. Yes. And that I'd say is the encouragement for people who are frustrated. You know, we went through this session what season where, Oh my goodness, we had all this flooding. And then, you know, there's the recovery that happened in December and in January. And then you get into this legislative session where there's all these discussions about different bills and different potential funding sources to bring things to bear. And now we're out of that, and you can really see the shift going from recovery to, all right, what are we going to do next for those long, short and longer-term solutions? Because clearly we need something. And so you're, uh, a lot of these meetings I've been involved in lately is getting folks from a broad range of viewpoints to discuss what it is that needs to come next. For those who are interested in digging into more detail, uh, this white paper, whatever you want to call it, kind of information, it's it's eight pages of detail if you want to dig into it. You can find it at whatcomfamilyfarmers.org. There's a link right on the front page. Um, the headline is Nooksack River Water Management Solutions Must Address Twin, uh, twin Problems. If you scroll down that page, there's a little bit of introduction. Um, there's a way that you can actually sign up to uh, join the, the movement and put your name down to say you support um, working together on this as a community in a collaborative way uh, as quickly as possible. But if if you scroll down there, the full document is there. For those who are really interested in this, uh, you can download the PDF or, or view it right there on the web page. Uh, again, WatkinFamilyFarmers.org. It's called Nooksack River Water Management Solutions, a general overview. Um, this isn't a highly detailed, you know, 500-page scientific study, but it is getting into at least a little more detail than we've been able to in the past of some of the things that we might be able to look at doing here and some of their pros and cons and, and pretty much right. anything has upsides and downsides. Absolutely. And, and whenever you live in a shared system like this, every action has an equal reaction, right? And, and I think that's what we're seeing here, which it isn't just as simple as, well, just stop the flooding. 
Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, if you were to build a big uh, a big dike in Everson to keep the water flowing, it would go downstream, and then you would see uh, farms in in Linden, and maybe even some of Linden itself, and then Ferndale, which was very dangerously close to having much more damaging yeah. flooding. And after that, it's the Lummi Nation. Um, mm-hmm. You say, okay, we're going to dredge the river. Well, whether you like that analysis or not, the reality is. Most there, there's some pretty decent evidence out there that a massive dredging of the river would cause, you know, irreparable harm to the salmon. So you have to deal with that, and yep. and so you have all of these actions and reactions that you you have to work through. But I would say the encouraging thing is I see a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum saying we do have to do something. And um, I, I think I would really encourage our community to, you know, to work on helping us continue to send that message. Yeah. Because it's going to be very easy for this to fade from the headlines and just go back to, you know, just not do anything because it's easier that way. Kind of like what happened after 1990. Exactly. And on so many other things. We so can't do that again. We, we, we cannot do that again. And um, it, right now the political will is there to get things done. This is the Farming Show on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop, along with uh, Fred Lickle, both uh, of us from Whatcom Family Farmers, local uh, farming community advocacy group. Um, that's kind of where we started with all this is, number one, we all need to unify as a community from every corner, every background, political viewpoint doesn't matter. We all need to unify at least around the idea that we need to protect the future of our community, the people, the environment, the animals, you know, everything that's been impacted by this on both sides, by the twin problems, too much water, not enough water. We need to unite around that. We we need to come together as a community to do something. And then secondly, there needs to be conversation. And we, we need, don't need to be scared of that. We don't need to be shutting down conversation. We need to be listening to people's concerns and considering actual solutions rather than dismissing things out of hand. Correct. And it, it, we aren't going to get anywhere if everyone still it says, well, we all need to do something, but we all disagree on what it should be done. So we aren't going to ever hash it out. So that, that's what we're doing. And that's exactly. where we're seeing already some you know friction between people saying, well, this is the best idea. No, you shouldn't do it because of that. What's your sense so far of what people are wow. kind of um, coming together around? What, what's the sense out there? Hey, you know, as of right now, I guess I would say I, I see somewhat of an encouraging discussion. It can be discouraging when, when you say, well, my solution is just we need to do X. <laughs> and then somebody else comes along and says, no, you can't do that. You know, we, we even see that in the farming community itself. Well, I just want to fix my dike over here or make it bigger while well, you're going to flood out the guy downstream who says, whoa. Wait, yeah. time out. But I, I might save your farm, but it's yeah, going to then gonna, destroy gonna, my farm. It's going to yeah. inundate, inundate me. So, but but I I am really starting to sense that. It, and again, it's not just from the farmers, but also from others as well. Of going, okay, boy. We and in some ways, the you know the twin problems, the twin crises of the last year really you know brings that home. Of a, okay, what are we going to do here? But it it it's challenging because there are so many problems that need to be solved so you just just one fix doesn't always work and so you have to look at what's a short-term solution for making certain that we don't allow sumas and canada to have as much water come their way as they did before um, in a short-term way but then also in a long-term way okay what are we going to do about the fact that our river is 
continuing to build up with sediment? What are we going to do about um, you know the farming community downstream? What are we going to do about you know salmon runs that are a challenge? And you know c- coming up with win-win solutions is, is is difficult for sure. Are people going to be willing to compromise? I sure hope so. I mean, when I say uh, that, I, I'm looking at everybody, and and that there, there's nobody that's going to be exempt from that. Everybody's going to have to. We'll all probably have to give a little bit. Yeah, we we, we all probably. Would. I mean, the truth is, we you know we live in a kind of a, a small little microcosm of an environment here in the Pacific Northwest, and we keep adding more and more and more people in. Yeah. Um, and that you know that that creates some challenges. Um, so I I really do hope that that we all can talk about where can we give. Where can we give a little? Fred Lickle is with us right now. He's executive director of Whatcom Family Farmers. I'm Dylan Honkoop, host of The Farming Show and communication director for Whatcom Family Farmers as well. Talking about water issues here in Whatcom County, the twin problems, which I still think is the same problem. It's one problem in my mind, which is mismanagement of water. I I, I would agree. Our our water system has been mismanaged, and I'm not saying that to to do a blame game to go around and point at who screwed up. I mean, we can do that, but really at this point, we need to be moving forward to how do we – here's our current state. How do we move on from this? How do we make sure we don't continue to do the same thing and expect different results? Um, and we've been talking about this this paper that we've produced at Whatcom Family Farmers, whatcomfamilyfarmers.org. It's the front page story there on the website. If you check it out, Nooksack River Water Management Solutions must address twin problems. If you scroll down our longer, more detailed document, kind of exploring some of the pros and cons of different approaches to dealing with this situation here locally uh, are spelled out there. If you, if you look in on that, one of the things that's mentioned... Um, that we really haven't talked because we kind of talked about four big areas in the past and you know rich Mm -hmm. apple talked about this a couple months ago in the bellingham herald and you know we've talked about this in response to some other things that have been in the news and we've been very public about you know we need to look at things like sediment management on the river and water storage and river fixes and protecting farmland and, and but there's been one other thing that i do want to at least mention before we move on to to tackle some of those other things which is the property buyout issue which uh, yeah. Some have said that's a non-solution solution. Yeah, it's it's created a lot of controversy out there, and I think it, some of it was was uh, a bit misunderstood. Hmm. Um, it, you know, the the reality is, we number one, we haven't had a flood for thirty years, so we forget some of these things. But well, we had floods. Yes, but I mean major, big, ma- big, big floods. Yeah. And I think we sometimes forget that you know what, there's a number of people that live in the floodplain, and there's been some times where development occurs where maybe it shouldn't. And you forget, right? I'm not blaming somebody for that, but you forget. And now all of a sudden you get a flood like this and you have major issues. So, you know, it was made to sound as if, well, we're looking to make a floodway that goes to Canada. You know, that, 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 that was, was kind of the headline yes. and the upshot of the coverage yes. up there, which kind of freaked out the folks in Canada. It like did. they're planning to send more of their flood water <laughs> yeah. to us. That's, you know. No, I mean, it was never meant to be that way. All it was simply saying is, look, every time we have a flood like that and we have a house that's majorly damaged, if we have uh, houses that are continually being damaged time after time, I mean, the reality is we're not going to stop all floods. There uh, will be th- floods. Th- 
floods. There will be floods. The key is and, minimizing the damage. Yeah, yeah. And so are there places where it makes sense to buy out land, uh, or buy out houses or whatever that might what be in the way? What about farms? Um, they, I, I, I haven't heard of any major commercial farms. I've heard of a mm. few smaller farmsteads yeah. that, you know, that may have been there. And now we realize, look, this is just not a, a, a great place for this. And, you know, to, to offer, you know, to offer that in order to minimize these big damages that occur, you know, that that's not something that's necessarily a, a, a bad idea. Um, it doesn't mean that people have to do that. It just puts us in a spot where we say, okay, look, we're, we're going to look at what we can to minimize the damage. That doesn't mean we're creating some big canal that <laughs> floods water to Canada. It's just a matter of saying, look, when they talk about a flood way, it's like, look, this is where the flood waters naturally go. Are there ways to minimize the damage by moving mm. or, or, or you know, removing potentially some of the infrastructure that's in the way? So a flood way doesn't mean they're going to get the excavators out and start digging a channel no. to <laughs> no. send water up past Sumas to Canada. No, I imagine that would probably create an international incident uh, that could get a little yeah. bit dicey. So, well, this is already an, a dicey international incident. It, that it is, yes. And before we run to the break, because I have more, we we need to talk more about these specific ideas discussed in this paper, this new document that we've released at at WatkinFamilyFarmers.org. Um, but uh, Governor Inslee and what was it, the Premier of BC, right, uh, got together uh, of late and said they're going to work together on on this issue. What, what did you make of that initially? I, I, I kind of felt like, at least my reaction, you know more about this than me, but it's like, okay, oh, great. Yeah, we need to work together, but there's so much more to it than just a rah-rah. Yeah, we're going to work together and spend some money. It, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity that it gives us to say we're going to drive things towards solutions because that's something that they clearly want. And there is certainly, as I mentioned before, the political will right now to to actually do something it's always a caution for me because it's um you know the political world and my apologies to those <laughs> who might be listening <laughs> in their political world you know they love to be able to say run to the rescue and say we're, we're providing solutions um but you know are they actually you know or are they just talking so that people will feel good yeah. And so I guess I would I would hold my my judgment until maybe you know months from now. Are they going to put up a big blockade? You know, are they going to get some barriers out of the way? You know, one of the things that's a big problem a lot of times is the is the regulatory permitting world, um, and that that hurts both sides. Yeah. I've heard fisheries people really frustrated with FEMA on you know not allowing certain fixes just because they have what's known as a zero rise policy. Yeah. Um, and and so you know are they going to really help us to get some of these blockades out of the way? So far, they're promising some money. Is that money going to go in good directions? Um, you know, folks like myself and others are certainly hoping to be at the table to say, you know, drive solutions now, not 20 years from now. So, mm -hmm. um, so I yeah. would say right now I hold my yeah. judgment. I'm a solutions skeptical. now, not study what the solution might be in 30 years. Correct. Yeah. It, and, we and, just don't have the time for that. And, and there again, the biggest thing that affects politicians, as you know, Dylan, is maintaining the pressure on it. Yeah. And the question is, can we as a community, it's going to need to be consistent pressure 
um, because things will fade and we need to make sure it stays at the forefront. Did did you find, and we got to run to the break here, but did you find the numbers kind of interesting as far as the dollars that were being talked about? This is going back to the Governor Inslee and the Premier of, of BC talking about working together to address this whole issue. You know, the, 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 the Canadians were talking about something like, what, $1.5 billion put towards recovery and prevention efforts up there. Right. And so far, we've seen our state commit, what? A couple million for planning purposes. <laughs> um, was it just yeah. me, or was there a serious mismatch there as far as how... I mean, it's not like yeah. our state is short of money right now. True. Although I do know that, you know, a lot of that money could come from federal solutions. There's a, there's a tremendous amount of money in, in infrastructure funding that is out there right now at the federal level. And my guess is yeah. they're aiming to see what are your solutions and then ask for that. That's not my guess. I know yeah. that that's part of it. And, the, and it the, the Canadian system works entirely different. The provinces have a different role than a state does Correct. in funding some of that kind but of there, stuff. But there is no doubt what you are hitting on, I, I think, that something that is, uh, you know, concerning we'll have to keep an eye on is that having been engaged in this, it more and more is very apparent to me that Canadian government values their farming community mm. much more than our than our community, our government here in Washington values its farming community. That's sure. a shame to say that, especially with as many crazy things as we hear about going on politically north of the border. But I from my experience, that, that rings true as well. This is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop along with Fred Lickle. We're both from Whatcom Family Farmers. We continue straight ahead after the break. More on the twin problems, the problem of mismanaged water in the Nooksack River Basin here in Whatcom County and what to do about it after the, uh, the stakes and just how high the stakes are have been so starkly demonstrated uh, within less than the last year. Stay with us. Can we keep it from happening again? And what is it? A disaster like we saw in November for sure. But also the damaging effects of the drought that came before. It's all part of the same problem, mismanagement of water in Whatcom County in the Nooksack River Basin. It's time for things to change. We've been saying this a lot. This is kind of a progress update for you this morning on what's happening politically, what's happening behind the scenes, what are some of the ideas that are being discussed right now in this realm of changing once and for all the some of these big water management problems that we have here in our community, certainly that affect farming, but that affect everybody else too. This is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Fred Lickle is our guest. He's executive uh, is executive director of Whatcom Family Farmers, uh, my boss, uh, because I work there as well. Um, and again, we've been talking about this a lot. Things are moving forward, even though this hasn't been in the headlines as much of late. How would you characterize the stage that we're at right now? And I want to dig, we have a, we were talking about in the first segment, walkoffamilyfarmers.org. We have a new paper out with a, a bit more detail of kind of where we're coming from, some of the pros and cons of the solutions that are being discussed right now. But we're in kind of this time, Fred, where again, it's not in the headlines as much. Things are happening, but I know some people are frustrated saying, what's going on? We had all this momentum. We were hearing about it. And what's going on? Why haven't, why am I not at a meeting? 
what, what's being hidden from me or is nothing being done? You know, the people, they're, they're already frustrated and understandably so. And I can certainly understand that frustration, Dylan. I, I certainly can. Sometimes I, you know, I can certainly go that way too. It can get very frustrating. You know, as, as I mentioned earlier in the show, one of the challenges, of course, that we have is you've got, you know, multiple interests here, including, as I said before, within our, our farming community as yep. a whole. I remember sitting in a meeting, I, I had two meetings back to back. One was with folks from Sumas who said, we're going to build a dike. There's a big dike in Everson. We're going to build it up. And and the next group of farmers walked in and they were from Linden, um, further down Ferndale area. And they went, don't you dare build a dike. We're going <laughs> to you know, flood us it, out. Exactly. And, and so, you know, it, and like I said, you've got cities and tribes, you know, San and a, you know, there, there's those those political challenges all the way along. But I would say, I would say things are certainly moving in that in that direction. You know, as I said, we we've, we've moved from recovery mode, which is not just physical recovery, but in some ways, kind of an emotional recovery too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just for the folks who've been flooded out, but also for those who have been involved in the in the day to day of yeah. of you know rebuilding rebuilding yeah. and you know meetings during the day and evening and weekends and you know they're all kind of dealing with the overload of of that as well and so what we're we're really starting to see is the now really what are we going to do because yeah. you know now we have this season where okay flooding season is mostly over and it's really difficult to do some of these things when the water is high. But pretty soon we're going to be reaching a season where the water is low, and there are some things that can be done. So now we're talking, you know, and more in earnest about what does that really look like. And I know one of the focuses first on the flooding side is going to be what are we going to do about the they call it the uh, Everson flow split. You know, what are we going to do where that water sometimes heads to Everson Sumas because that's that is when you line up the critical issues that along with uh, in-stream flow levels up in the in the mountains when the salmon are spawning are the two most critical issues. So stuff is happening. Correct. Meetings, meetings um yeah of key officials and now that's being expanded um, we have yet to set a date, but there's going to be an expanded move to um, uh, some of the key, not just the, the key folks who are involved in it, like myself or people from Whatcom County River and Flood or the state you know, governor's office, but also to bringing in key folks in these different areas um, in, into what's called a design charrette, where mm. we sit down and look at what what are the issues and what are the solutions bringing some of the technical people who have some ideas to the table and say you know to these key leaders these key folks that are in it, how would this work how would this work what happens in this situation if we do x what do you see happening with y on your property or in your city or whatever that might be so i they're looking at the, the, right now they're looking at trying to set a date probably late april early may mm-hmm. and what you hope to get out of that is something that you can then bring back to the to the larger public and say here's what we're looking at here's what your leaders are saying are some possible solutions yeah, I, I guess I asked because there could be the sense that, wow, okay, you, you're telling me, yeah, there's a lot of meetings and okay, it's good that people are talking about it, but are these meetings actually and all this talk geared towards getting stuff done? I, I would say uh, at least locally here, I, I, I do feel like we are making progress on that. You know, as I said before, I've been involved in these meetings for several years. And there's times when um, people will get caught up in their own, their own little world and, you know, it needs to be my way or the highway. 
But when you've got issues to the extremes of both sides, which in this case would be flooding, you know, damaging farmlands, damaging cities, and the damaging of the environment and the habitat that both the flooding and the low flow events did, you're getting people motivated to look at what can we really do. And so whereas maybe before you'd see some fired up somebody upset about why am I, why are I not getting my way, there's a little bit more likely that folks are going to be listening now. Um, I, I would say that I am slightly encouraged mm. by the tone that I see in these meetings. Again, it, it takes time. Well, because I know yeah. some people have also said, well, what's the point of all this? You know, yeah, they're going to meet and yeah, maybe they're going to talk like they're going to do things, but they'll never get anything done because there's just going to be regulations in the way or there'll be political pressure. And, you know, people are going to come in and mess it up and, and nothing will ever happen. So why, you know, this is just... An exercise in futility. Well, I, I, I can't say that that won't be the, the end result because mm. it can be frustrating. Anybody who's dealt with this stuff, I'm sure the folks in 1990 probably said the same thing and then yeah. they ended up getting nowhere. So I, I can't say that that won't be the solution. But what I can say is right now, I see people motivated on both sides to find out what solutions could be. And what I think will really help drive that, and that's why we want to say things in a place like this, is if we can keep up that consistent pressure, letting our politicians, letting the leaders know we expect solutions. You know, to not have solutions in place is not an option. And when that happens, that's when things get done. Yeah, it's encouraging to me to have someone like yourself in the room for some of these meetings not just to represent the concerns of the farming community and the rural communities out here, but also even just to know what's going on, you know? And I know some people have said, well, how come, you know, I'm not invited to the meetings or how come all these conversations aren't open to the public? Why is this stuff happening behind closed doors? Does there need to be more transparency here? What's your sense of that? Well, I, I would say there again, there's, there's no probably yes or no there. Sometimes I do feel like more transparency is needed. I think some of that is just an, an overwhelming amount of things to do. And um, I mean, I have challenged the county. I feel like they need to be better about communicating to folks what this process is and what is happening so they can make sure that people see what's going on. So, yeah, I would say that's a critique that's legitimate there. Um, but at the same time, I would also be cautious about... You know, one of the things that can really slow things down is to have a meeting where 300 people show up and 100 people are shouting their mm. own different solution. Um, <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen. You, you end up getting nowhere. So yeah. to be able to first have key folks who people trust, which are these are people who would be on flood districts or on city councils or whatever it might might be. And we're seeing that group for that design charrette that I mentioned earlier. That That's what they're doing is they're inviting, you know, maybe a couple people from each of those key areas to, to get to this meeting so you don't have maybe more than 30 or 40 people and you sit down as a group and discuss what those solutions are. Then you bring it to a larger community and, and talk about it. And that's why the, that's the structure that I think works the best. But again, I would say I think that the communication in some in in many situations could be better about folks here's what's going on for sure again fred lickle is with us here on the farming show he is executive director of whatcom family farmers i'm dylan honkoop communications director of whatcom family farmers talking about not just uh, farming right now but water which is so vital to the farming community but so vital to our human communities to our local environment uh to local you know cultural uh backgrounds and heritage and fish 
so much stuff tied up in this issue of water and it has come to a head uh, in such a dramatic way uh, in the past year or less. So Fred, in this this paper that we've been talking about, further detail, uh, and again, for folks following along at home, WatkinFamilyFarmers.org is the website. It's the front page story. If you go there, WatkinFamilyFarmers.org, the headline up there, Nooksack River Water Management Solutions Must address twin problems and there is a spot if you go to that click to that post to that page you can watch the video uh, that we referenced earlier uh, that kind of pulls some of these ideas together shows some of that heartbreaking you know footage of the devastation uh, of the flood as it was happening uh, certainly to our human communities but even you know that fish flopping around in a field trapped dying um, all kinds of harm. There, there's also a place there where you can sign up to join the movement to continue to urge our leaders to make progress on um, this this issue. Is, there's a continual need for our voice to be heard. We're not going away. We're not ignoring this. We're, we're not going to let this drop. We're going to keep. You're going to keep hearing about this until we see things happen. Uh, but then below that, this full an eight page paper. If you want to download it, print it off read it online, whatever you want to do. Uh, it is available there with some more details on some some uh, general solution concepts and their pros and, and, and cons. Um, it does rightly say that, and this is what I've been saying, I, I don't necessarily even see it as twin problems. I see it as one problem, and, and it says water management is the only solution because I think water mismanagement is the problem. <laughs> um, we sure. talked you know, earlier about the, this idea of flood buyouts, which uh, some people have said is a non-solution solution because it doesn't actually do anything about you know, it doesn't water. It doesn't. It doesn't dealing with flood waters. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily deal with flood management. What it does do is it potentially manages, minimizes, uh, damage. minimizes, minimizes costs yeah. and damage to the community. Beyond that, you know, another thing that we have talked about, and we've talked about this here on the program before, sediment management. Anything new right. there as far as conversations around that? You know, we've talked in the past the difference I, between sediment management and dredging. Dredging below the water line does different things than removing sediment right. above the water line. That's a I, I would fraught say, issue. You know, on, on sediment management, there is certainly a recognition that the Nooksack River system is one of the biggest. I think it's actually the biggest per, if you look at the, you know, the size of it, you know, mm -hmm. like per acre or whatever size you want to be, of, of producing sediment in, you know, in, I think it's in the Cascade Mountain Range. It's, it's pretty amazing the amount of sediment that gets produced. And there's no doubt that it does play a part um, however, it also plays a part in, in dealing with salmon and salmon stocks are, you know, obviously at a huge, you know, have been decreasing and we yeah. could talk about that in a whole nother se for segment sure. and whether or not sediment plays a part in it. We are personally for sediment management as a farming community, but we also understand that it, given the, uh, ongoing challenges with salmon, as well as the ongoing you know, challenges of just uh, harvesting it and what you're going to do with it. It, you know, it's it would be an ongoing challenge, and it's not something that's going to fix it overnight. I mean, we've allowed the mm -hmm. river to build up for thirty years. You're not going to you're not going to be able to fix that in a few years' time. Yeah, it's so, it feels right. like while well, you just go in there, you get a, a brigade of you know excavators, bulldozers. You scoop that out. Well, it, when, it, when, when they used to do it on the river, it took them a couple of decades to kind of get on top of it initially. Exactly. Right? And you'd be, and, and given the fact that you're going, you're going to, if you bring that up, you are going to have some strong challenges yep. from environmental and salmon advocates. Is it still being pursued? 
Yes, I would, say, I would it? say it's still an option. You know, it was initially presented as an option around Everson, just in kind of an emergency way, and it was very quickly shot down by Salmon Advocates, not because they were completely against it, but because it didn't show at all what, how is this going to positively or negatively affect salmon, which is something that takes time to model. You just don't pull that off in a two-day period mm-hmm. or even a two-month period, you know. Well, and, and that may be a win of this whole process is even just right. to get it looked at because it's been the concept until this flood, until the situation we're in has been so verboten <laughs> that it exactly. hasn't even and been it, looked and at. It, honestly, I think the best that we could hope for in the short term there is pilot projects. And and pilot projects are really cool to look at, but they're not going to solve the whole thing. But they can, can but get they can, some things done and then demonstrate right. and study what how it could work on a larger scale. Exactly. Yeah. Raising and enhancing levees. What, what's the conversation been there so far? Is there... Well, it, you know, you know, raising and enhancing levees is certainly something that, well, it would help with a short-term cost, but a short-term, but there again... Are you just setting yourself up for more problems later on? You raise it in one area, it floods somewhere else. All you've done is cause damage for somebody else. Um, then you end up into lawsuits and all sorts of challenges. Um, I, it are there might, some win-win things, though, that is anybody looking at, hey, maybe there are some common sense things that could be done? You know, there is some talk about that, and I believe later on in the project, there's also talk about, you know, are there places where we can set back levees or create more natural overflow? areas that if done right and done well could be possibly be solutions um, but there again you're talking about potentially flooding farmland so what does that look like so there again you're you're looking at okay if it grabs too much farmland and it's a permanent loss which sometimes it can be then in that situation yeah have you know have we gained and it's something that needs to be modeled and and tested once again it's not something that you just do in a you know two-week or two-month period. Yeah. It, it takes work. It takes effort. What about even just improving the levees that we have, not even changing them? Because that was one of the things that came out shortly after the flood is here's a whole list of all these, you know, levees and dikes that were listed as eh, not great or really in need of attention, um, things that hadn't gotten done for a while. And, and again, not Correct. to play the blame game of why that didn't happen, but you think about where that levee breached out, you know, off of Timon Road, um, and that probably shouldn't have happened. You know, what would the flood have looked like if that levee wouldn't have, have broken well, it there? Certainly wouldn't have been, it would have been different for some, some folks who suffered some real tragedies in that area, but it may have created some challenges further downstream too. Yeah. And, and there is no doubt that we have places where our dikes and levees, which are kind of interchangeable words there, um, uh, y- y- were in need of repair. And I know that there was a big issue of that several years ago and they've been working through. That's not just something that you snap your fingers and it's better, but they are certainly working at, okay, how do we make that look better? One of the challenges you have though, remember that, that, that with any time you're dealing with flooding is just because you fix a levee, if you've got, if you've got the same pressures coming that way, you could just end up breaking that levee again. So it's not, we have seen places where a levee has had to be fixed over and over and over again. And you go, all right, why is that? What is it that we're doing in a different part of the stream that's causing this? Because then that's, you know, immense cost. Those things are not just easy to fix. Yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes, it takes a lot of cost. It really does. And so is it something that 
could be part of the solution. Yeah, it could be part of the solution, but it's not the solution by itself. Before we run out of time, the big one in, in our minds here at Whatcom Family Farmers, and again, this is The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop talking with Fred Lickle of Whatcom Family Farmers, uh, talking about solutions for flooding, not just for farming, but for the entire community. Solutions not just for flooding, I should say, but for all water management in this Nooksack River Basin where we live, farm, do business, all that kind of stuff. The big one in our mind is the supply side work. Correct. Increasing uh, our water supply through storage and other means. Yes. That's been something that I recall when we first brought up, and we've been talking about that since before this flood. I mean, we were talking about that during the drought last summer, saying, you know, we could be helping mitigate the harm that the drought was causing if we had storage to help store water in the wintertime and release it in the summertime. Would help with flooding, hold water back from inundating so quickly, and then could save that water to be used for fish and for other needs in, in that time of low flow when we first brought that up, people were like, yeah, it's never going to happen. Yes. And that's been, that idea has been studied. It's been shut down years ago. You guys are crazy for even bringing it up. What kind of conversations are you hearing about it right now? Well, I, I, I can understand people will be thinking that because, of course, you hear the D word then. It's damn. And mm. that I think we need to change our thinking a little bit on what storage means because storage can mean more than just a dam by itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, storage can mean um, like the city of Linden has is, is got a millions of dollars worth of a grant with the Department of Ecology to look at storing water underground that would leak naturally back to the river, way up river. Um, you've got wetlands reclamation projects that can work on things. You could even say sediment management. You know what? Taking some of that sediment out creates more storage. And so it can be something that's more comprehensive than just a dam or storage like that. But realistically, there is also something to the idea of what what could an artificial means like a dam holding some a a reservoir look like. And what I am sensing is there... Folks are starting to realize, including, you know, on the other side of the political spectrum from where farmers are, that, you know what, in other areas, that may not be such, they're recognizing that that was a good thing. The governor, Mm. Governor Inslee himself said that was the reason why um, that, or it was Director Watson, one of the two, why, you know, why Seattle came through okay out of the drought because they had storage. What was that storage? It came from dams. Now, of course, the challenge there is how do you work that with salmon? But there are places where you could do it further upstream where you have to look at where the damage we minimized. And what if you're able to release water into places where there are low flows, like, for instance, where salmon were dying because, because yeah. of these low flows? So we have to look at that and go, there are possibilities here. We're, we're about out of time. What, what's the reaction when this idea comes up, though, in these circles? You know, people from all different perspectives. Usually there's going to be a set of people who are, are probably going to say no right out of the gate, right? Uh, you know what? It's less and less. Um, what I what I am sensing is there people are starting to see this differently. They're they're starting to quietly look at it and go, we need to look at all sorts of solutions. Mm. You know, when you have salmon dying in the South Fork and there is no other way to get water to them, what what other solution is there that's going to work? You know, you, at some point you have to look at it and go, what do we need to do differently? Yeah. And yes, there are certainly things that we can do, whether it be related to habitat or other things that can help out the salmon. But if the water isn't there, yeah. it's not there <laughs> and they don't make it. 
And yeah. everybody, most folks engaged in this go, boy, climate change is an issue, and it's an issue that's going to keep getting worse. So at some point, you have to look at it and say, what sort of solutions are going to make a real difference? That is one that could. And it helps both problems, right? You can look at uh, kind of uh, an analysis a little bit more in depth than we've done in the past on some of these ideas for solutions for the Nooksack Basin's water management issues on our website, whatcomfamilyfarmers.org is where you can check that out. Um, there is a front page headline on it that can click you right to the post with some background info, a place to sign up if you want to, uh, to support this movement. Uh, even a, a cool video to watch if you want kind of the, the video uh, summary version and some some interesting images along with us, but also an eight-page white paper uh, if you really want to dig deep on some of the things that are being talked about right now around this issue. Again, WatkinFamilyFarmers.org. Fred Lickle with Watkin Family Farmers has been with us. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show. Fred, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Dylan.